welcome to the Mind Over MRKH podcast. I'm Ella May, the founder and director of Vava Womb and Mind Over MRKH, and I'll be talking all things MRKH, aka Mayer Rokitansky Kuster Hauser Syndrome, aka Malariogenesis. I am one of the one in 5,000 female babies born worldwide without or an underdeveloped womb, cervix and vaginal canal. On this podcast, I'll be talking all things MRKH from pleasure to dilating, mental and sexual health, fertility and navigating your MRKH journey. I'll be joined by advocates and experts along the way. This podcast aims to support the production and printing of the MRKH magazine project, where we aim to produce, print and post a magazine to our global MRKH community. If you want to join me on this podcast or ask me a question, pop me an email over at mindovermrkh at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at mindovermrkh. You are not alone. You are worthy and you are loved. Hello everyone. This feels a bit strange because um, this is the first episode and I'm just sitting on my own for this one. So it's just me, my laptop, a bottle of water and a microphone which I got for this podcast about two years ago and I haven't bloody done anything with it. Um, So yeah, I started writing uh, podcast plans a while ago and I just haven't got around to being here to do it. So here I am. Um, and hopefully here lots of us will be with our voices and stories. Um, I just want a bit of disclosure. I have got some notes, but I am winging it because I want to get a bit more confident at just talking rather than just reading from a script. So I have written some notes to give me some prompts, but I haven't got a full full blown script. So I'm just trying to step out of my comfort zone and do something a little bit different. Um so yes, for me, sometimes my sort of advocacy, I guess, can get quite overwhelming. I try and do quite a lot, sometimes too much, um, which is why this has taken me so long. But it's been in the back of my mind for so long to do a podcast and it just feels like the right time. I'm cold, I'm staying in more and I've got more time um, to do it. So I can't wait to get loud and proud about all things MRKH. Um And as you may or may not know, um, I really want to, along with a few few others, start a project on a printed magazine for people with MRKH. Um, It will be a slow burner, but to get my creative juices flowing, I'm going to do this alongside this podcast, um, which also has so much potential for collaboration with our worldwide advocates and people with MRKH. Um, So yeah, I can't wait to get stuck in. It will just be a bit of me chatting about MRKH, obviously, here I am, and speaking to hopefully loads of guests and different experts and people, um, not just with MRKH, but people that are different experts in uh, different fields to do with health and sexual uh, happiness and everything like that. Um, And hopefully we'll just be here to keep whoever's diagnosed next of MRKH. Hello, we're here for you. We're here to keep you company um, and the community is just so big. Um, I'm actually going to do a little bit of this episode on how to provide support for someone with MRKH. And I did a presentation recently for Queen Charlotte's Hospital. Um, So I'm going to try and put it into a podcast format. Um, And then future episodes, like I said, will just be 
hopefully loads of different MRKHs and charities and advice and meditations. We want to answer your questions. We want to give journal prompts and so much more. There's so much potential that we can just sit and talk about and hopefully, like I said, just keep someone company. Um, so, yeah. So whilst I, I guess I need to get used to the editing side of it and keeping it going. Um, and I want to, of course, collaborate with so many of our community leaders um, and hopefully do a bit for our magazine following everything that we learn on the podcast. So, yeah, um, I'm going to kick off by shouting out some of our amazing MRKH support networks and charities. Um, so MRKH Connect is a UK charity who aims to connect those with MRKH. And we work really, really closely with them, with Charlie um, and Hasner and all of the team there. Um, I am actually the founder of Mind Over MRKH, which is just a project um, and a bit of a passion project, really, doing loads of content. I've got a little website and I'm starting this podcast and um, and the magazine. So, But we, I want to work with all the charities and just collaborate as much as possible, which is the aim with MRKH, because we all just want to work together to do as much as we can for everyone with MRKH. So here we all are. Um, and there's Beautiful You MRKH, which is a charity based in America. They're actually one of the first charities I found. I love everything they do. Um, and everything they've done and the way that they've made me feel just with their Facebook groups and um, all their amazing content. Um, and then there's Global MRKH, which is actually a platform which aims to kind of bring all of us together and all of the global communities together. And Ali's recently kicked off some amazing projects um, to help women and children and girls in Afghanistan. So, yeah. Um, and then we've got MRKH Australia, a charity down under and the Canadian MRKH Foundation as well. Um, there's also loads of platforms like MRKH Stars, founded by young, younger MRKHs, and so many more on Instagram. You just got to look at the hashtag MRKH or do a Facebook group search MRKH. Um, I don't know how many times I'm going to say MRKH in the MRKH podcast, but yeah, here we go again. Um, it's an MRKH Muslim group and an MRKH African foundation. Um, there's just so many. I cannot list them all. So other podcasts I'm hoping that all of you guys will reach out that are advocates and you can come and speak to me and speak about what you do that's going to be the first few episodes I just want to speak to the charities and people involved in advocacy to just talk talk to them about um how they feel about supporting other people with MRKH so yeah I remember I guess feeling so lonely when I was about 16 years old and I was diagnosed I'll go into a little bit of my story in a minute and I just remember googling MRKH and looking at um like searching MRKH online and just not seeing much and just seeing maybe a few stories here and there um but it was quite rare for there to be anyone online talking about it so I think as it grows it's just becoming this huge community that people are feeling quite proud to be a part of and even though MRKH is just so hard to deal with and it is so hard and I'm not um doubting that for a second because I've been through it myself for 30 I've been living with MRKH well I've been living with it since I was born but I didn't know about it for the last 13 years so I found out when I was 16 um see look I'm rambling now because I haven't got anything in front of me I'm just staring at the wall <laughs> um yeah I just remember feeling really really lonely when I was younger and now when I look at MRKH it's just growing and growing and growing with people talking about it and um Facebook groups and people wanting to do stuff and it just makes me feel so 
amazing to be part of this and to be part of this community that just wants to help the next person being diagnosed because they're coming into a whole like we're a force to be reckoned with our our community so yeah it's hard but and painful but it's amazing and beautiful all at the same time um so I guess I'll go in a bit of my story so yeah give me a second and I'll get back recording with my story Sorry, I just had to have some water and a biscuit. <laughs> um, so my story, so I was diagnosed with MRKH, which stands for Mayer Rokotansky Kusterhauser Syndrome at 16 years old. Um, my story is actually, I'm just quickly jumping in the middle of the podcast to say apologies. The background music for the next five minutes is not supposed to be there. I can't figure out how to remove it. It appears to be stuck compared to the other ones. So on the next episodes, I promise to be more tech savvy. On the first episode that I did on this podcast and alongside a poem that I wrote, um, it's a really short version, so I'm not going to go in too much because I've told my story so many times on the internet, on different platforms, on different podcasts, that I just want this podcast to be focused around helping other people with their age. But I do know that it does help to hear someone else tell their story. So I am going to say it just one more time, maybe more. Um, so yeah, when I I love a bit of creativity to tell my story. So like like I said, the previous one I did write a poem and it does kind of help me shape it when I use poetry and things like that to tell it. Um, but for now, I'm just going to talk you through my diagnosis and how I got to where I am now. Um, so I was diagnosed at 16 and I am currently 29. Um, yeah, so in a 13-year-ish, I think, nutshell, I didn't start my period when I was younger. Um, I was about 15, 16 and I was sort of thinking, why have I not got a period? All my mates have got one and some of my friends started when they were like 10. Um, I went to the hospital at 15, 16, and I think I pretended to all my friends that I did start my period. In fact, I did. I know I pretended to my friends. Not all the time, because I, th- I, th- I found it really hard to figure out when I was supposed to be on. And when I was like, I was bringing in my mum's tampons and just saying, oh yeah, here, I've got a tampon, does anyone need one? Just so I could fit in. <laughs> um, I'm laughing now, it's quite sad, really. Um, yeah, so it was just so awkward and embarrassing at school, just feeling like you you don't have something that you're taught you're supposed to have. And all of the sex education that I had was basically telling me that you're going to have a period and that's, that is what it is and use a condom because you might get pregnant. And that was it, really. Um, that's all I remember learning. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm sure a lot of other MRKHs will relate to just wanting to fit in with their friends because they've all started their periods and you're just being sort of waiting around and feeling really strange and having no knowledge that your period might not start there's so many reasons periods don't start mrkh is just one of many um i won't in fact i might use that as an episode i'll go into an episode of why people might not start their periods that'll be a a useful one (laughs) um so anyway i had an ultrasound and internal investigation so the ultrasound was essentially what people have when they're um pregnant and a lot of the time people their mark age feel really strange because they're going into this room to look at why they might not have started their period and I remember just being surrounded by so many pregnant people and people that are just were in there to have an ultrasound for their baby and I just sort of felt really strange in the room getting an ultrasound for 
probably not being able to have babies, which is what I had Googled around why I was there. So I had a bit of an inkling as to what I was going to be told, but I still was just hoping that it was going to be the thick hymen that I thought it was going to be. Um, so yeah, an internal investigation. So by that, I just mean uh, doctors and nurses, they would insert their fingers inside me just to have a look around. So the GP did that when I was 15, 16, and then I went on to the hospital um, and they referred me to Queen Charlotte's. And at, was that, sorry, it was at Queen Charlotte's I had the ultrasound following internal investigations by the GP. Um, yeah, so I just remember feeling so um, confused about what was I was about to be told. I have a vulva and I've got a clitoris and I had boobs and pubes and all everything externally, hence I didn't know what was going on. Um, I guess TMI, but nothing is too much information on this podcast, so that is a ground rule. Um, I did try and have sex a couple of times before, well, a few times actually before I was diagnosed. Sometimes it didn't quite work. There was a few kind of traumatic experiences. I just remember feeling like a failure and not being able to please the person I was with because I couldn't have penetrative sex. Um, so yeah, I was I didn't respect myself a lot. I just thought, well, my body just isn't working, and I just was just trying and trying because I just wanted it to work. And I think that's where my a lot of my um, younger years. That's yeah, I, feel like I don't want to go into too much about different experiences because it might identify different people, but um, I think you get the gist. Um, so yeah, I went to Queen of Charlotte's and they did the ultrasound and they told me that I had MRKH syndrome. So I have the vulva, like I said, clitoris, everything external and pubic hair and breasts and female chromosomes. They did do a blood test for my chromosomes. I have double X chromosomes um, and ovaries. Um, so my ovaries still work the egg just kind of disappears into my body it's like wee into space anyway <laughs> it's quite cool actually um but I'll go into some more facts about MRKH soon as well so fast forward oh yeah years of roller coasters of emotions um oh I'm sorry I didn't actually tell you what MRKH is oh this is going this is going really badly right so I had an ultrasound <laughs> And I've told you what I do have. I haven't told you what I don't have. So I don't have a womb. I've actually got two tiny bits of uterus, like uterine horns, I call them. And I don't have a cervix. Um, and the majority of my vagina is missing. So essentially, I have a vulva which goes inside a little bit and then it hits a dead end. And because I don't have a cervix, it's essentially like it's fused at the top. So rather than going through a vagina and hitting a cervix for me you go into my vagina it just hits a wall um I do have and I'm going to do an episode around the actual anatomy of MRKH but I do have all the glands that um give natural lubrication when you're aroused um I think it's called your skeins glands and your bartholin glands so yeah I do have everything like that everyone just thinks because you don't have the full vagina that you must not like get wet and things like that but that's just not true everything exists it's just we just have a vaginal wall no cervix um mrkh is widely known as the women or people born without vaginas and it is true for some of us but i do for me i've like to just say i was born with an underdeveloped vagina and i have said before i've got no vagina because it's um 
an easier way to describe telling your story because I have got a vulva, I just don't have the in internal bit. Um, but I created my own vagina using vaginal dilators, so I kind of prefer the positive language around I made my vagina rather than I never had one because I did have some of one because it managed to stretch to where it is now. Um, so yeah, I'm going to do a whole episode about vaginal dilation um, that not everyone with MRKH does do, and some people have surgery, some people do nothing. Um, there's loads and loads of different ways that people cope with their MRKH and, and navigate their life with MRKH. And my personal choice when at being younger and not, with not much education around pleasure was to do di vaginal dilation. Um, so for three months when I was 15, 16, I used dilators, which is essentially like dildo, uh, not dildos, plastic clinical dildos, <laughs> just like solid white tubes, basically, and they come in little different sizes. Um, so I used the dilator for about three months and yeah just every morning every night it was quite traumatic and I'm going to do again I'm talking about my story now but I am going to do an episode talking to different people with um, MRKH around their dilation experience so I can go into a bit more of my experience during that episode episode as well. I got a bit flustered with recording then so I'm back after more water and more biscuits. <laughs> um, so yeah, fast forward years of emotions, I think that's what I was going to say. And here I am, and I'm here bearing all. And when I was younger, I didn't tell anyone a thing about my MRKH. I didn't breathe those letters MRKH because I was terrified of what people might think when they Google people born without vaginas, because everyone thinks a vagina is a vulva, and they just think we're a Barbie. And I didn't want people to think that. So um, I, I was really ashamed when I was younger. I was very uh, embarrassed, confused, and didn't think, to be honest, I probably know that a lot of people wouldn't have, if I would have gone and told people at school about MRKH, I can sort of guarantee that there would have been, it would have been harder to deal with because I know that uneducated kids hearing things like that just aren't very nice <laughs> so I'm kind of glad that I kept it to myself because for me that was the right decision until I was ready so when I was about 21 22 I started to slowly ease into telling people the wider story I had drunkenly said to people I found out that I couldn't um, carry my babies but I just used to make up that my womb wasn't working but I did have periods and I had this whole bullshit story about what actually what wasn't what was there and that I didn't actually have um so yeah anyway so about 10 10 years later and here I am just talking about it openly um not something that I did when I was younger and I have so much respect and I'm in awe of all the younger people talking about it openly I don't think we should call people brave because that implies that there's something to hide from and and I think I do feel brave but I just I just don't like the word brave but again that's for another episode and I'm rambling as per usual um so yeah for me making MRKH content is content is just something that's been a huge part of my journey and helping others and by helping others and just making content and sharing knowledge and learning about stuff I just feel like I'm healing and hopefully me doing that is helping someone else on their healing journey so um yeah, so I founded a page called Mind Over MRKH. I don't know what I did first, but that was just so I could keep all of my MRKH content in one place and just really go for it. And I was doing it with some friends and my friends are still really involved in the kind of behind the scenes ideas and thoughts around what we what we should post. And 
because um, not not all advocates are public. So I kind of take on the role of being the public person there. Um, but there are different people helping behind the scenes. Um, and then I founded a page called Vava Womb, which is actually like grown massively recently. So um, it's all around. I wanted to do something MRKH related, but I also wanted a page just on generally shaking stigma surrounding periods, even though I don't have periods, but people having not having periods, people having periods, um, talking about vaginas and saying vagina without shame and saying vulva and um, vulva positivity and body image and uh, body honesty. So it's all of that stuff and self-love and mindfulness and just being really honest about talking about stuff that's normal because our bodies are just our bodies and they are normal. Um, so yeah, that's a bit of who I am and what I do at the moment. By day I work in social housing actually. So I've been working in housing for like 10 years. So my day job is very different to the stuff that I do on the side. Um, but I do love doing both and nine till five. I'm one sort of one person doing my day job and paying my rent <laughs> and bills. And by night or weekends, I am um, creating content like this podcast. It is currently 11 p.m. and I'm sitting here recording and talking about MRKH. So, yeah, um, this is me. <laughs> So, MRKH podcast listeners, I'm going to start by, I mean, I've already started, I don't know why I said start, I'm going to carry on <laughs> um, by going through the presentation that I made for Queen Charlotte's, and I, I'm going to, I'm not going to do this in any, any notes, I'm just looking at the slides, so I'm sorry if I ramble, um, this is just me getting used to podcasting and talking about MRKH openly whilst sitting here feeling anxious about who might listen to it in the future. That's just me being honest. <laughs> um, so yeah, the presentation I did was how you get support and how you support others with MRKH. And um, I actually just spoke through some reaching out ideas and reminders because if you're someone with MRKH and you just want to seek support, I think it's just important to know that you can reach out and reaching out is not shameful. Um, and it doesn't have to be reaching out to family or um, someone that you're not really comfortable with. There's so many of us here, so many, like I think I listed earlier, all charities and organisations and Facebook groups and pages. Um, we've actually, in London and the UK, we've got a WhatsApp group. So something I did recently, actually, which I, th I think it was a friend that um, gave me the idea, was agree like a safe word or an emoji with friends or family that you send when you're struggling. So our group is called uh, Butterflies. And I've just said, if anyone's struggling or feeling shit and just doesn't really know what to say, because sometimes it's hard to frame or word what you want to say, um, just send a butterfly and then we can all shower you, shower you with love and affirmations and just reminders that we're here and also confirmation that you're allowed to feel shit because MRK is really hard sometimes and we some of us just need our feelings to be validated like am I going mad for feeling sad that I can't carry a baby no it's shit it's hard um and yeah that was just one of the first things that you can do is agreeing a safe word or emoji with friends or family um and just a few little reminders um these are it's okay too so it's okay to feel sad for you and happy for your pregnant friends so just remember when you are feeling sad your feelings are valid and it doesn't mean that you're not happy for other people you're just a bit sad for yourself and we will go into full episodes around dealing with things like pregnancy and um, discussions with different people and how they do that so rest assured this isn't the end of that conversation um, 
it's also okay to remove yourself from a situation or event if you're not comfortable, like watching a period advert or going to a baby shower. I remember just sitting with my family when I was younger and just watching period adverts and feeling so embarrassed. And like my body would boil up and my heart would be beating like really, really fast. And I could feel my face going red and like flushed just because there was a woman on the advert talking about tampons. And it would literally send me into this like out of world panic that everyone was sitting in the room and thinking about me. And I was thinking about me and I was feeling and it wasn't even I wasn't even sad about MRKH in those moments watching period adverts. I just felt awkward. And sometimes that's what MRKH does. It just makes you feel fucking awkward. Um, So it's okay. Sometimes I just go for a wee. I'd be like, right, okay, adverts on. I'm going for a wee. But then I didn't want people to, I didn't want my mum or dad to think that I was going for a wee because I was getting away from the advert because then they'd worry. So it was a like spiral of emotions. Um, And I'm sure loads of you will agree. There's little things like just conversations with friends, like one of your mates saying, oh, have you, like, when when was your last period? Or even just talking to each other, you just sit there going, oh my God, please stop talking about this. but yeah, I don't feel like that now because I've got past um, feeling like that. But there's so many of us that just live. In fact, I do sometimes still feel like that when I'm at work, for example, and someone says, have you got a tampon? And I'm like, oh, shit, do I tell them now? It's it's like too much. It's too big a conversation to just have when you're sitting in the office. Oh, by the way, I don't have a womb. Um, but I have started to say now, actually, I don't have periods because no one needs to know why if you're not ready to tell them. Anyway, I digress more it's okay to <laughs> it's okay to be happy one day and sad the next mrkh feelings and healing is not linear so yeah one day you might feel great and i'm having a nice day and everything's fine and mrkh isn't really getting on my nerves today the next day must be the worst day of your life and you don't want to get out of bed and mrkh is awful and it's taking over and consuming you so just remember that each day is different. And for people supporting others with MRKs, just remember that if they're okay yesterday doesn't mean they're okay tomorrow. So yeah. Um, here's something that you could say. So I don't want to talk about it. Uh, sorry, I don't want to talk about it all. But I just need a friend. and I'm feeling down about my MRKH. Um, I'm going to talk a bit about boundaries in a minute. But that's just around how to frame saying that you don't want to talk about everything, but you just want a friend. You don't have to always go into every single thing. If someone says, why are you feeling down? You can just say, I'm just feeling shit about MRKH. And if you want to talk about it more, you can, but if you don't, you don't have to. Um, Reaching out for any emotional support is not shameful at all. Um, Yeah, sometimes it's too hard to talk to family and friends. They're just reminded that if an MRKH doesn't confide in you, maybe you're a parent or a friend, um, it's just because it might be easier to talk to other MRKHs or a therapist, for example. Um, so don't feel offended if someone with MRKH doesn't want to speak to you. I remember even with my sister, I love my sister to pieces when I was younger and still, obviously. <laughs> um, but I still wasn't really ready to just sit and talk about MRKH because I just felt awkward. And even with some friends and my mum, I just I kind of avoided it. And even though they were amazing and fantastic with me, it sometimes it's just too hard to sit and talk about your feelings and stuff with family and I think everyone feels like that MRKH or any other issue in your life it is just awkward sometimes moving swiftly on so this is just if you have have MRKH and you need support 
I think I listed all of the charities, well, not all of some of the charities and organisations and pages earlier. Um, just a few more ideas. You can message us in the Butterflies WhatsApp group. We've set up a WhatsApp group in the UK. There's about 60 of us in there. And like I said earlier, we've now agreed a safe emoji um, that people can put in when they're feeling a bit crap. Because sometimes it's still overwhelming to message in a WhatsApp group. Or you might message something and no one sees it. Or people see it and you go, oh my God, 10 of them have seen it, but no one's responded. And everyone gets freaking WhatsApp anxiety. So it can um, actually add to anxiety being on WhatsApp. But it's So it's not for everyone. And I completely understand that. Um, but the group and the girls and the people in there are amazing. So if anyone does message, you'll, there's always someone that responds or someone that will respond. Um, and if I don't have the time to respond, there will be someone else that I'll reach out to and ask them to. Um yeah, so we've got MRKH Connect and all of the charities which I spoke about earlier, so I won't go too much into them, but I will be listing them on all of the um, Instagram and podcasts uh, information bits as well. Um, so yeah, seeking help from family, friends, your GP, that's a given. And remember that MR everyone with MRKH is different and everyone deals with MRKH differently, so you might find some parts of MRKH for you are really hard, but someone else might not be struggling with that. So I really struggled with the vagina element of MRKH when I was younger. Um, but other people have said that they struggled more with the um, idea of not carrying a child. And and actually, it's switched for me now. So I'm struggling less with the vagina element and more of the fact that I can't carry a child was I tried to put that to, the, to one side when I was younger. Um, so we're all different and we're all dealing with different things and our, our MRKH is different. Our lives are different. Um, and yeah, self-care and journaling and therapy and things like that I'll go into as well. Um, it's just, yeah, it's okay not to be okay because MRKH can be really hard and we should just acknowledge the fact that we're grieving. And I think validating and acknowledging your feelings is a really, really important thing to say when it comes to support. So I've done a slide on what not to say to someone with MRKH, because I think it's really important to spread the word to people supporting someone with MRKH, friends, family, um, or just generally the community of people. If you see someone posting about MRKH, you don't need to comment things like, oh my God, you're so lucky, which I've had so many times. Um, so yeah, I've got what not to say to someone with MRKH. I've done a little list and actually I might put this out on Instagram for other people to put their ideas in as well. And this is not having a go at anyone. And this is not saying that people are wrong for saying things. It's just a reminder that actually some things are hurtful and some things people with MRKH might take it as, oh, wh why have you said that? Because that's not how I feel. So um, here's a few really important things. Uh, well important things not to say so never say we are lucky there is uh, I understand this from people that have got really really horrible periods there's conditions like endometriosis for example um, and I completely get that someone that does does have horrible periods might go oh my god you're so fucking lucky you don't have a period but we just need to remember the other way around not having a period with MRKH means that We've had this trauma of um, having underdeveloped vaginas, um, trauma of finding out as a child that we we're not going to carry a child when we grow up. So for us, and actually now, I kind of do understand the lucky thing because I, I do feel like I don't really want periods, having learned so much about them, doing loads of period awareness. Um, 
but for me it is a reminder of my infertility not infertility but the fact that I can't carry my own baby so for me it hurts because it's a it's a association with not being able to carry a child um so if someone does call you lucky and you have got MRKH you can say back something like I respect the fact that you've got something um that that's that's really a really bad impact on your life like a really heavy period but you you honor their uh their pain and you honor sort of things something that they're going through so they don't have to say that you're lucky they could just say that they understand how hard it must be um but also respect the fact that actually it's not lucky for us so we don't feel lucky um so anyway never say that we're lucky and we won't say that you're lucky. <laughs> I don't say to people that have got a womb, oh my God, you're so lucky you can get pregnant because some people find it really hard. Some people, oh, I'm so lucky, you're so lucky you've got periods. I would never say that to someone because some people find it really, really hard, periods hard and they don't want them. So I just think it's a bit of a tricky term. Um, so the other one is never tell us the benefit, let us tell you. So this is around people going, oh, it's like amazing because you've got ovaries. And it's like, yeah, that is that that is a, 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 um, a positive for some of us that do have ovaries. Not everyone does have ovaries or not everyone's ovaries are working. So we need to remember that as well. Um, a lot of us are just holding on to the hope that the ovaries work and um, may not know until we go through like fertility treatment, whether or not we can uh, uh, sort of retrieve eggs. So that's one thing to remember. Um, so, yeah, just just never tell us the benefits and actually let us tell you if we think something if we think it's a benefit and we're kind of going, we're trying to put a positive spin on our own journey, let us do that. But don't come to us with that, because I think it can, if we don't feel like that's a benefit one day, we might go, hold on, I, well, I don't feel very happy about that. I feel I'm still grieving and I still feel shit. So and our feelings are valid as well. Um, on to the next one. So never say that it could be worse. So it's just important to with any situation. And this isn't even just about MRKH. This is about everything. You, there's always going to be someone worse off than you um so saying to someone with mrkh oh you could have uh something else a, a, a different missing body part just isn't helpful in that situation because obviously we feel for everyone with any situation um any someone that's born without an arm or without an outer leg we feel for them deeply but it's just a different situation um so the other one is yeah I think I've done this but never uh, never say at least you have ovaries that's just an example of like telling us the benefits of MRKH because actually our grief is valid and even though we may be able to have biological children some of us won't but some of us may go down that route um it's still we still might be grieving the fact that we can't carry the baby and it's up to us to decide what we feel positive about and then we can yeah roll with us basically roll with what we're saying and don't assume that we feel a certain way um yeah that's the next one let us decide what makes us feel sad and what doesn't and the next one is asking for clear boundaries when discussing mrkh so don't just assume that we're okay to talk about absolutely everything like asking about our vagina and sex and things like that sometimes we just want to be a bit more private about it and that's okay um and i've just ended it with give us hugs make us tea and feed us chocolate if you can eat chocolate and if you drink tea <laughs> um yeah and it's just about validating our feelings people with mrkh need to know that their feelings are valid because they absolutely are we're allowed to cry we're allowed to feel shit we're allowed to not feel the benefits some days 
Um, some days I'm like, oh, I'm so fucking glad I don't have periods. Other days I just wish I had a period so I can get pregnant. But it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, that's a few things around what not to say to someone with MRKH. So other ways to have support and to kind of support yourself on your journey um, is art and journaling and writing down your feelings. So we actually did something called the Art and Journal Club with Mind Over MRKH, which I hosted. And we just got together once a fortnight and we just sat down and we had some prompts, which I made up on the screen. It was things like your womb space and write about what's in your womb space. So people said things like, I don't have a womb, but I'm filled with love and courage and happiness and I've got so much to give. And um, Aisha, our friend, actually made some art around, she drew like a uterus and then wrote all the things inside that that she has. And it was everything that in her life that she's really happy with and all the good things about herself, but with a missing womb. So even though you don't have a womb, there's so much more to you, basically. <laughs> um, and my friend Grace made this amazing booklet around disclosure. So one of our prompts was making your own little disclosure booklet. Um, and she wrote around how to react. So she wrote, give me a hug and glass of wine. Ask me questions. Um, don't tell me I'm lucky. So we're all on the don't tell me I'm lucky theme here. Um, so, yeah, there's some really, really cool stuff on our website, mindovermrkh.org. And if you go to the blogs, there's Journal and Art Club. And on there, I've done so many journal prompts. But I do want to make all of that available on the podcast. So we will do an episode on journaling and journal prompts specifically and just talk you through a load of prompts. And that will be one of our episodes as well. Mm -hmm. um, we've also got some stuff on the website like my MRKH thoughts and MRKH and words. And again, we'll try and incorporate some of this into a podcast so you can listen and write as you write as you listen. Um, but there's loads of stuff on there. And I think just generally sitting down and writing about how you feel, making art. We did like vulva art, sex positive mm -hmm. art. Um, there's so much cool stuff you can do just to sit with your feelings and reflect on how you're feeling in that moment. And also comparing how you're feeling week by week and just seeing um, the difference as you're going on with your journey. Um, so I did a slide as well on advocates needing support too. Um, I just want to read a couple of the MRKH advocacy mantras that I've written because I think it's really important to note that even though there's all these people online telling their stories, running charities, running organisations, they still need support. Um, so here's your mantra if you are an advocate when sharing your story you hold the pen when receiving feedback you hold the power you hold the community you hold the love hold on to how proud you felt you did this you changed lives and the next one i am in control of my advocacy i'm still allowed to ask for help i'm not obliged to respond to everyone with mrkh it's okay if I take a break. Just because I've shared my story doesn't mean, oh, sorry, doesn't mean I don't still feel the grief of my story. I cannot be there for everyone, but I have changed at least one person's life. And that's what matters. Advocates cry too. So I did do a little slide about disclosure, which is all around telling people about MRKH but let's make that into a full episode because I'm going on and on and on and on and on and there's just too much to talk about and I'm trying to squeeze in too much to one episode which is typical me. Um, I just want to read out a few MRKH affirmations. 
then I'm going to give you some an idea of what you could do after listening to this and it's just a few kind of uh, journal prompts which I put at the end of this presentation um, and then I'm going to love you and leave you and I'm going to start working on the future episodes and try and bring one out every week or every fortnight um, some are going to be long some are going to be short but there's going to be so much um, to look forward to so yeah here's some affirmations to end the mind over MRKH episode one <laughs> I deserve love happiness and to smile I deserve pleasure and my body has always been capable of pleasure. I am not broken and I do not need to be fixed. My feelings are valid. I am allowed to smile today and cry tomorrow. I am allowed to set clear boundaries of what I want to talk about. Disclosing my MRKH is up to me and I am in control of my privacy. Everything I need is already within me. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Oh, sorry, I actually said that I was going to give you some homework. <laughs> so at the end of the presentation I did for Queen Charlotte, I gave people something that they could go away and do. Um, and it's actually creating your own support leaflet for someone with MRKH. So it could be... Um, using pens and papers or online just creating your own leaflet because I think it can feel really amazing to write down what you need but make that into something that could help someone else um, and also creating a recipe for a bad MRKH day so what do you need two cups of this one teaspoon of this um, yeah so creating a support leaflet for someone with MRKH and creating a recipe for a bad MRKH day and if you want to send them in to me I'd love to share them on the Instagram page um yeah loads of love thank you for listening I've gone on and on and on and this is the first time I've kind of not used as many notes as I would normally use doing things like this so I hope it's been okay and I cannot wait to collaborate with you and speak to lots of different people about MRKH and everything that surrounds an MRKH's life so yeah thank you Thank you so much for listening to the Mind Over MRKH podcast. We will have regular new episodes, so please follow and subscribe. If you want to come for a chat, get in touch. And to everyone with MRKH, you are not alone. If you have MRKH and you're feeling suicidal or you need immediate support, please call the Samaritans on 116-123, anytime, any day. And if you have MRKH and you just want to reach out to somebody else with MRKH, head to the MRKH Connect website at mrkhconnect.org or you can reach out to us at mindovermrkh.org and we can signpost you to many different organisations and platforms and people with MRKH. Please reach out. You are not alone.